Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. In times of fear or annoyance, we often find ourselves taking actions that distance us from others. Is it possible that God calls us to take a different course of action? Paul and Silas offer us a Christ-like example of this opposite course of action. Acts 16, verses 16 through 34, guide us to welcome people into our family, not turn them away. Could our actions mimic these early followers of Christ to make our communities a more vibrant and loving place? In this week's Message of the Week, guest speaker, Pastor Dane Zacherson, shares what families look like when our actions have Christ-like consequences. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Our scripture tonight comes from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34. And if you're following along, this is the NRSV translation. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we made a slave girl who had a spirit of of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out the very hour. But when her owners saw that her hope, sorry, their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their, seat, fastened their feet in the stocks. After midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he's supposed to, that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night he took them and washed their wounds, Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set uh, set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of the Lord presented to us today. Amen. Thanks be to God. 
thank you, Bryce. I appreciate that. Um, although, you know, my first, my first thing your pastor told me, you can be the assistant pastor or the associate pastor. It doesn't matter. The abbreviation is the same. So you can do with that what you would. I apologize, and I'll talk about this a little bit. I have had a day of special session of annual conference, and apparently I talk too much. So my voice is going to be muddy tonight, and I apologize. But I'm sorry, I sat with all my friends all day today, and I couldn't help talking. Uh, for those of you I haven't met or I haven't greeted again, my name is Pastor Dane. Uh, I served a six-year sentence, I mean a six-year appointment here at First Church. Um, and uh, it was just a wonderful time for our family. Uh, as I, as I uh, showed in the children's message, our daughter Camille was baptized here. And this is a place that is close to my heart and will always be close to the heart of our family. I have um, a condition, an autoimmune disorder uh, called myasthenia gravis. Uh, one, of the con one of the cruel parts of it is once you have it, you can't say it. Um, but uh, it, uh, this, ha this has purpose. This is actually <laughs> the beginning of the message. Uh, what happens when your muscles work is that your nerves release a chemical. And the chemical then, your muscles um, get that chemical and they react. My body is attacking those receptors. And so I'm on a, a, a drug that rebuilds those receptors faster and I'm on a drug that helps my immune system kind of ratchet down, which means that um, uh, it, uh, it works pretty well. But if I tire my voice out, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. And so it's like, I always say, it's like um, if you play uh, catch for an hour, pretty soon the ball is going all over the place. I'm sorry, I sat with my friends. I talked all day. So my voice is a little muddy. I apologize. But we trust that the word of God cuts through all of that. I love the the scripture, the story we have in the scripture. It's one of my favorite miracles because it's, I like to call it a miracle of annoyance. Paul is annoyed. He's annoyed because this woman has been following he and Silas around the community, proclaiming that here is somebody who is speaking for God. And it almost seems out of annoyance that Paul turns around and says, be gone to this spirit that is that is prophesying. And so we have this, this miracle where Paul changes the life of this young woman. And we, have, we know it changes her life because in the, next few, in the next few sentences, it says her owners became upset. The people who owned her and were using her gift to enrich themselves were upset. Their property was now less valuable because Paul had spoken the word of God to her. And so the people get upset because Paul has done something that has upset the community and so they react with anger and with fear. And they have Paul and Silas arrested and taken to jail. They have them first beaten with rods and taken to jail. And now... We come into this story 
where Paul and Silas are trusting. <laughs> They're trusting in God, but also in Paul's status as a Roman citizen. See, they beat them with rods because they weren't sure if they could kill them. And so they beat them with rods and were then doing the paperwork to make sure that they could get rid of these guys. And so they put them in jail. And once they're there in jail, they, they worship. They sing, they recite psalms. They are celebrating God who will be their salvation. In the midst of this, of this consequence for God's actions, their response is joy, is celebration, is a willingness to continue to rely on God, even in this, this moment of distress, this moment of, of danger. Even though the, the action of God to bring freedom to this woman has brought them into prison, so they trust. They trust that God is not done acting. And sure enough, there's an earthquake. And the very foundations of the jail are shifted. The doors spring open. And the jailer comes. And the jailer is afraid of the consequences as well. You see, he, that's why he is going to take his life, because he is afraid. This isn't a situation where he is an employee of the Roman government. He is, in effect, a, a private contractor. And if he can't provide for the safety and security of those who have been arrested, well, then he is going to be held to account. And one of the ways he may be held to account is that instead of the people who have been imprisoned, they may take him and his family and sell them into slavery. The easiest way for him to avoid that for his family is to take his own life. Because if he takes that consequence on himself, well, then they will have no way to then punish his family for this event that is outside of his control. And so, when we read, when we hear that he is going to take his own life, it is not out of, out of desperation. It is a choice to save the consequences. It is a choice to take action, in this case, for his life. But Paul calls out and says, no, wait, stop. We're here. We haven't gone anywhere. In this moment of, of despair, in this moment of fear, God has also provided a voice to say, stop, wait. Salvation is being offered. And so the jailer comes in and finds these men still there. And in consequence, the jailer says, what can I do? What can I do that I can be under the same power that you are under? The same power that allowed you to feel confident in God's salvation. The same power that allowed you to sing and to worship and to be present with God in this moment of, of fear and sadness and separation. 
He says, what can I do to receive this salvation? And they say, believe and be baptized. This this action of God has the consequence of this man questioning everything he knows because the crowds were not wrong. Paul and Silas are questioning the very nature of the Roman system when they say this woman should not be a slave. This is an economy, this is a, this is a, a world that is based on slavery. The people are right to be afraid of Paul and Silas. And so this man takes these prisoners, takes these enemies of the state into his home. And I love the things he does for them. He binds their wounds. He feeds them. And then he and his household are brought into the kingdom of God. We sometimes talk about faith with with baptism is something that is done once and it's over. But instead, the, the actions of God's salvation have brought all these consequences. Not only is this slave girl freed, not only is his family changed, but then his actions are to provide healing and to provide care and to provide a meal. This is the life of the baptized. It's not something that happens once at a font in a closed space. But this life of faith, this life of salvation, this life that offers change and something new, happens every day out there among the people where you find the hurting and the hungry and the lost. You see, this is the gift This is the gift of water. This is the gift of salvation. This is the gift of new life. Offered to us, but offered through us. That others might hear. That others might hear that they may be freed from the slavery. The slavery of of addiction. The slavery of materialism. of, Of depending your whole life on your net income or your net worth, of depending your life on your willingness to be subservient to another human being. No, God offers freedom. God offers salvation. God offers a washing in the water that brings new life and that challenges us to go into the world offering that gift of new life to others, offering that gift of love that changes life. This is the gospel to which we are called. This is the gospel to which we dedicate our lives, our faith, everything we are willing to do. This is a consequence, not of what we do, but what God has done for us. Baptism, being washed in the water, is just an outward sign of what God has already done. May we live out lives that fulfill that gift, that fulfill that promise, that bring to total fruition all that God has done for us. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information, like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.